Hi everyone and welcome to episode 9 of Unsweetened Sayo, the podcast. How's everyone doing today? I'm recording this on the Monday after, you know, we we were springing ahead, so we've lost an hour hour of sleep basically. So, um as anyone know that has kids, that can be extremely painful. I know it's only one hour, but even for me as an adult, that's been a lot harder in the recent years adjusting to that one hour. Like I find especially my body for meal times is a little bit off. Um, and of course, it's harder to wake up in the morning. I never have a problem going to bed. I can go to bed early, but waking up is brutal. And with the kids, we try to adjust it, you know, their bedtime a little bit and their wake-up time throughout the weekend, but I did have to wake up both of my five- and three-year-old this morning, um, and they were pretty groggy. So I know we keep saying we're going to vote for um, eliminating the time change, and I would love that. I wish that all states would just do it because it's really a pain. (laughs) Um, and I know it's just an hour, but it makes such a difference, especially for little kids because they're so tuned into their bodies. Um, I think it really takes us like a good week to adjust. And the funny thing is I was just in Phoenix last week, got back on Friday and they do not, um, do daylight savings time. So I was, um, you know, an hour ahead there just to come back on Friday and go back an hour just to change again, you know, yesterday. Very confusing. Basically, if I had been in Phoenix one more day, I could have just stayed on the same time zone and had already been adjusted. But no. So anyway, sorry, I just had to get that off my chest apparently. And now I'm going to be talking about something else I'd like to get off my chest and kind of a good segue talking about kids especially being tuned into their little bodies. And that I is talking today about sugar in schools. And I just kind of want to start this dialogue, you know. I, I would be interested if there's anyone listening to this that feels very strongly about we should allow sugar in our schools, like sugar, you know, is wonderful in our schools. I would love to hear from you. So please find me on www.unsweetensio.com. Send me an email um, because I'd love to just have a conversation about people that, with people that might believe that to be true, just to try to help me understand because um, it's just so obvious to me that we shouldn't have sugar in school. So it's really hard for me to see the other side of that. But I want to hear from people if they do believe strongly the other way that we should have sugar in schools. I just want to try to understand the mindset behind that. Because again, to me, it just seems like a no-brainer. Why are we going to get our kids all sugared up in a learning environment where we're wanting them to like concentrate and learn, why are we kind of setting them up to fail by then, you know, giving them a bunch of sugar? So anyway, um, 
let's kind of back up a little bit. As you know, I mean, I've always struggled with my sugar addiction since I was a little kid. I'm sure I loved having sugar in school. You know, all the different parties, birthday parties, celebrations, rewards you got. I actually remember in seventh grade, like thinking I was way too cool to, you know, enter the spelling bee contest. My seventh grade English teacher had us all compete, like just within our classroom um, to enter the spelling bee. Whoever like won from the classroom would be the nominee from her class. And I was thinking, oh, lame, I'm not going to do that. Well, then she pulls out the prize was a King Psy Snickers bar. Do you know who won that seventh grade class spelling bee? I did. Obviously, I wanted the king size candy bar. And then I had to go in front of the whole school and do the spelling bee. It was pretty embarrassing, but apparently worth my king size Snickers bar. So I was totally motivated um, by food, specifically chocolate, obviously. And remember, um, even, you know, I played a lot of sports and this to me is so crazy and almost gross thinking about this now, like in high school, you know, I played field hockey, um, and other sports too, but especially in field hockey, we had what was called the buddy system where like an underclassman was teamed up with an upperclassman as a kind of buddy and we'd make each other little goodie bags before um, a game and write little encouraging notes and that kind of thing. It was really cool. However, these goodie bags got to be ridiculous. I mean, it would be like, you know, a brown paper bag just filled with junk, you know, chips and candy and, you know, like those pixie sticks that are, you know, it hurts my teeth even thinking about it now, you know, those, um, like, uh, what were they called? Um, sour patch kids, uh, lollipops, but candy bars, donuts, whatever, cupcakes, you know, um, just, all junk. And again, it just seems so funny because here we are like trying to play a sport and we're asking our body to perform and we're feeding it a bunch of junk instead of like nutritious food for fuel. It's just kind of crazy to me. But of course, I loved it as a kid because I was addicted to it. So I would tear through these bags. Um, and you know, a lot of times it wasn't like this was like once a month, we had multiple games a week, you know, and then I just also think about like the money we were spending on buying candy and stuff for each other. And then a lot of times too, before games, we would, um, meet at this restaurant for breakfast, you know, at like before school. So like six thirty, seven 7am or whatever, and have a huge breakfast, which for me was always like, you know, um, Belgian waffles with a lot of syrup and, you know, strawberry topping and, you know, just a lot of like high sugared things. A lot of people would have like hot chocolate or, you know, no one was eating really like healthy breakfast food. And again, then expecting our bodies to perform and, um, you know, 
do a really good job in the game that afternoon. And I wish I had just been a little bit more tuned into my body then. I'm sure after eating that huge sugary breakfast, as soon as I got to school, I probably crashed and then probably needed like another sugar pick me up to get me through the day. Um, And just even looking at some of the stuff that I ate for lunch, you know, I would be depending on, you know, later in high school, I kind of started dieting and went through that fat-free fad time. But if I was more in a binge mode, I would just eat so much crap at lunch. You know, I always loved pizza day because we'd get like Pizza Hut pizza and I'd have that. Or um, my friend, good friend Brian out there, I don't know if you listen to this, but my twin, um, we would get tri-spunkified, it was called, where, you know, those Otis Spunkemeyer cookies, if you ate three of them, you would be spunkified. If you ate nine, you're tri-spunkified. And I would do that with him, like eat nine chocolate chip or double chocolate chip cookies. And, you know, just thinking about that now, it's just so gross to me. Um, I'm sure I made myself sick, you know, but again, I was so addicted to food that, um, I love doing that type of thing. If I was kind of being bad or in binge mode, I would eat, you know, bags of candy or whatever. So, you know, thinking about growing up because we didn't have tons of junk food at home. Um, We did have some and I know usually I had like a little dessert in my lunch and at night a lot of times we had dessert too. Um, But then I also had a lot of access to it at school too, you know, Um, and I was motivated by that for sure. But I think that, you know, it teaches us so many unhealthy habits and behaviors around food when we're using it as a reward um, and to kind of, you know, I know that food is fun and we, you know, it can be fun, but even more than that, we want food to be fuel, And I think that's overlooked. You know, I know I did have a health class, but I don't really think we learned that much about nutrition. And that's something that I'm trying to correct with my kids is really talk to them even now at an early age about, you know, why we eat fruits and vegetables and we don't eat a lot of sugar, why it's more treats. And even trying to talk to them about listening to their bodies and how do they feel after they eat, you know, if they have pancakes for breakfast versus oatmeal for breakfast or, you know, whatever, trying to like listen to their bodies. And, you know, I tell them always, you know, listen to your bellies. They'll tell you when you're full or if you're still hungry and kind of see how you feel. And I think that's really important for kids to notice. I mean, I did not get a handle on that until I just ignored all of that, you know, probably until, I don't know, my later 20s, early 30s of really trying to like listen to my own body's cues around food and paying attention and quieting my mind to see, huh, when I eat that, I feel kind of gross. But when I eat that, that feels energizing. And it really took a while um, to learn those things because I just ignored them for so long. I just closed that off. 
So I think it's really, really important to start early with talking to kids about those types of things and teaching them more about nutrition and eating healthy. And, you know, when I, I like to take the kids to the grocery store, it's definitely much more of a hassle, you know, taking two little kids with you to the grocery store. But I let them pick out fruits and vegetables and I try to buy like, you know, they have purple cauliflower. You know, my kids don't want to eat cauliflower, but we found purple and yellow cauliflower the other day and all of a sudden, you know, they're willing to try it. They love, you know, they have multicolored carrots. They love eating, you know, they like carrot, orange carrots, but they love trying like the purple ones or yellow ones, white carrots, you know, that they have those multicolored ones. So I try to make it fun that way too that it can be fun but it can still be healthy too and I do talk to them about you know why I buy organic you know produce and the chemicals that can be sprayed on regular produce and why we do organic meat when we can and just making healthy choices Um, and they already understand pretty well that you know the whole 80-20 philosophy even of eating as well as we can 80% of the time, you know, and then those treats 20% of the time, which again, for me, I'm not eating treats at all anymore because the 20% of the time never was realistic for me. But, you know, I don't, I'm not expecting my kids to be sugar addicts. So I'm trying to teach them how to eat in moderation Um, so they know it's okay to have these things, but it's also really good to balance it out with some healthier foods as well. Um, so, you know, back to the original topic of just sugar in schools, I don't understand why we have so much sugar in schools, you know, like, so my son's in preschool and I can't even tell you how many times they have, you know, a party or some kind of um, treat because a parent wants to bring something in. And these are kids that are like four and five years old, Um, you know, and they might have a party and um, bring in these like huge donuts, you know, like really huge gourmet donuts. There's so many good places in Portland for donuts. Um, but it's definitely not kid size, you know, um, the, we, we had one party and a mom had a bite of, you know, one of these donuts and she was saying how she hadn't had a donut in so long and, but that she could only have that one bite cause you know, after that she didn't really feel good. And I, and I was thinking, well, you know, and that's an adult size body, you know, here we are giving these little four year olds, five year olds, these huge donuts that again, for an adult would be like a bomb in your stomach. And we're giving them to these little kids with their little bodies. And, you know, no wonder they're going to go off the wall, um, and probably feel sick after eating that. So for me with, with my son, I bring in other treats for him, you know, on party days, or if the teacher's really great, she works with me and gives me a heads up, oh, so-and-so's mom is bringing in this today, I'll just pack an extra snack, you know. Um, He has these fruit bars that he really likes that aren't, you know, super healthy, but it's not a huge adult-sized donut or a a mini bunt cake, you know. Um, I might pop 
um, make popcorn and pack that or some cheese and crackers, um, even just some fruit. I try to offer, you know, and we do have these parties bringing like a healthier option. And so far, we're, you know, we're really lucky that that's been, he really doesn't question that at all. Um, he's just, we've always done that even at daycare. So he just takes, you know, knows what he eats and, um, really doesn't question me about it at all, which is great. You know, I know at some point he probably will, but the longer I can just establish these good habits, I feel like as he gets older, he'll be able to make better choices for himself. You know, I'm just trying to do the best I can right now, establishing these, you know, healthier patterns around eating. We have a school auction coming up and they are trying to encourage, you know, parents to procure items for the auction. So they're having a contest where whatever classroom procures the most items wins a pizza party and an ice cream party, which to me, again, just seems like overkill, you know, pick one or the other, or maybe instead, you know, give the kids a, you know, free extra recess or something like, you know, along those lines that's a little healthier. Um, this is a private school too, so they wear a uniform. So they could, you know, do a free dress day, which kids really love, you know. So it'd be something that they would still get excited about, but it's not all food related. So, you know, this is just something that I've kind of struggled with as a parent and just, again, don't understand why it's just such overkill with having so much sugar, especially when there are, you know, everyone celebrating their birthday and there's different parties and different contests. And, you know, if you do this, you get this kind of treat. Um, you know, cause then they end up getting stuff multiple times a week and it's just too much. So, you know, thinking about school next year, my, where my son's going to go to kindergarten, the public schools here, um, in my area actually don't allow sugar as far as like for birthday parties and snacks and classroom parties, there's no sugar allowed. So kids are still allowed to pack, you know, if they pack their lunch and have cookies or whatever, or if they um, even buy their lunch in the cafeteria, they still sell treats there. But as far as the extra food that's coming in and birthday party celebrations, um, you know, they don't allow any sugar. And I love that. I wish that it extended to lunches and, you know, what the cat or at least what the cafeteria was selling as well. But, you know, I still feel like that's a good start of just not doing, you know, for parties. They do other healthier things like popcorn. Um, and they do, they said, even in the kindergarten level, they have you know, based on good behavior, once you get a certain amount of points or whatever, they get to pick out a prize and they do have candy as a prize along with like stickers and pencils, erasers, you know, things like that. And they said, you know, I could just make it so my son, you know, picks one of the other things. But I kind of think, again, why not just take the candy away 
for everybody, you know, and just do the stickers, pencils, a few extra minutes of recess, a book, you know, let's like focus on other positive habits that we can give the kids at school, like, you know, reading and getting a little more exercise, that type of thing, instead of focusing always on the candy and the treats. So, you know, I am happy that at least, you know, with a bigger class, say 20 kids that we're not celebrating everyone's birthday, which with huge cupcakes, I mean, again, we all know that everything is super sized here in the U.S. And um, especially for like little kids, you know, it's not even like just a regular size muffin pan or cupcake pan cupcake. It's those like huge ones. And it's basically like three cupcakes in one, you know. Um, so I'm glad that you know, instead they're celebrating birthdays other ways when they do have like a classroom holiday party. Again, they're doing fun crafts and um, having snacks, but healthier things like the cheese and crackers, popcorn, fruit. So I really, really, really appreciate that. Um, and I just think that's a really good model for all schools because again, you know, we have so many kids now with different um, attention deficit disorders and um, learning issues, behavioral problems. And I do think, you know, there's a lot to look at, but, you know, one little area that we can help with is giving kids more nutritious food that isn't gonna, you know, overwhelm their little systems and wind them up, you know, like if someone is having a hard time paying attention or keeping their hands to themselves, if they're all sugared up, those things are going to be even more challenging for them. So why are we kind of setting them up to fail? You know, there's so many kids too that have different, um, you know, allergies, whether it's gluten or dairy or nuts, you know, is a huge one. And we just don't, you know, they don't allow that those things in the classroom, especially nut allergies. Sometimes the whole classroom, I know James, uh, my son's preschool is nut free because there is a kid with a pretty big nut allergy. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I wish that we could do more of that for for sugar too, just make it a sugar-free environment. You know, if parents decide that they want to give their kids sugar at night or on weekends, you know, great. But at least during school hours, I feel like that should be a, a sugar-free zone. Um, somewhere where kids can, you know, on top of learning and getting this education, also be fed more nutritious meals that's going to be fuel for their bodies and for their brain. You know, this just being kind of a sacred part of the day where they're learning and eating well. You know, when they go to recess, they're exercising, just creating some good habits to help balance out, you know, those treats on weekends or at nights. Um, you know, again, no one needs to be 100% perfect, but I do think right now the balance is 
way too much sugar for kids um, and adults too. But, you know, that's why we're seeing more and more childhood obesity. And it's just really, really sad because it's not the kid's fault. You know, it's our fault as adults if we are not helping, you know, feed our kids these nutritious meals. And even if you are trying at home, but then they go to school and get all this crap there, you know, that's not really fair either. Um, you know, I try really hard to limit our sugar and I shouldn't, I, I don't feel like I should get stressed and anxious, but I do about my kids going to school because I am concerned about what they're giving them there as far as treats. And I just think that's really sad, you know, like school should be, again, kind of a safe place. And for me as a parent, it really bothers me um, that, you know, my kids are offered all these treats as, you know, rewards or whatever. And it kind of goes against the, what we're working on at home. Whereas if, you know, they had a gluten allergy or a nut allergy, you know, there's no way that school would be giving them those foods because it would make them sick. And, you know, in nut cases, even they can die, you know, so sugar's not as immediate as that, but it does build up these really unhealthy habits that can lead to diseases that can cause death, you know, down the line or diabetes, you know, all these terrible things. And yes, it doesn't happen overnight, but we are setting our kids up to have these issues if we are teaching them, this is how you eat, you know, this is if you, you know, get an A on a test, you deserve a candy. If you win a baseball game, we should go out for pizza and ice cream. If you, you know, um, finish your book report, you know, we should go out and celebrate, you know, just, it gets to be where <clears throat> that's more, it's the norm rather than a actual treat. And I know for me and my husband, we've talked about, you know, especially cause I'm really sensitive to it. So I realize I'm probably at like the opposite side of the spectrum than most people. Cause I am really sensitive about it. Thinking about myself as a kid, I feel really protective, you know, of my little Siobhan self and of other kids too, that are just kind of beating, being set up for failure. But, you know, I want to not reward our kids with food. So even though it's so tempting, especially, you know, a parent of a five-year-old and three-year-old to reward them with food, we just do other things instead. You know, like maybe they get to watch 10 minutes of a show or read another book. Again, trying to pick things that for them are still treats but not food related um, and things like read an extra book or get to play outside after dinner for 10 minutes. These are healthy habits I want to see the kids doing anyway. So, um, and it is like really tempting sometimes to use food as a bribe. Um, but I really have made an effort not to do that. And as the kids get older too, I just don't want to make it where it's always like after, you know, a game, for instance, that you go get ice cream 
or pizza, like that's more of a once in a while thing. It doesn't have to be every single time so that you start associating like I did at a young age. You know, I probably love sports now that I think about it more because of the ice cream afterwards. I'm sure that was, you know, part of my motivation as a kid. And I really don't want to cause those, you know, same behaviors in our kids. So trying other things that can be seen as a reward and motivation um, without it then compromising their health down the road. Um, And I know that probably sounds extreme to some people listening, but it is true, you know, sugar has been known to cause all kinds of disease and cancer, and it doesn't happen overnight. But, um, you know, I feel like kids are starting these bad habits earlier and earlier and seeing some really terrible things happen to them younger and younger. So if we can kind of protect them, at least in the school setting, I just think that would be so huge. You know, again, I don't know how we go about doing that, but it's just something that's really on my mind. And I think, you know, a good first step is like, you know, the public schools here in my area that don't allow the sugar, at least for like the parties and the birthday parties. You know, I think that's a really good first step, but then extending that to lunches. They did tell me, you know, if they see soda at at lunch, they'll take that. So at least they're not letting, you know, and again, I'm thinking, no elementary school child needs to have, you know, a soda for lunch. Um, again, it's just thinking here we are trying to put them in this learning environment where we want them to be studying and respecting their teachers and the other kids and being quiet and listening attentively when then we're not like giving them the proper fuel source and able to help them succeed in doing that. You know, there's so many kids that are so hyper. um, And I really think that a big source of that is the foods that they are eating, you know. Um, So to me, again, I would love to see, I would, I would pay two more for my kid to go to a school. Like that's how important it is to me. Um, if I knew that they, you know, were getting really nutritious meals and especially if they even taught them a little bit about, you know, eating whole foods and why it's important and less packaged foods and just like, you know, general nutrition tips that really, can benefit anybody, Um, you know, not teaching them different diets, but just kind of an overall healthy way of eating and then serving them healthy food and only allowing really healthy food. um, That would be something that I would be really interested in and would even pay for a school like that. Because to me, it is almost, if not as important as the other information and knowledge that they're learning is this, you know, learning around how to keep their bodies healthy too. Because again, you know, I spent, you know, the first almost 40 years of my life just in that terrible addiction cycle. And it was really, really difficult, you know, and I, I feel really sad sometimes looking back 
at myself through, you know, different stages of just how painful that was for me and how I wish, you know, I had a voice of being able to ask for help or even know that I needed help, you know, because unfortunately I just didn't know there was such a thing as food addiction and just thought, you know, something was wrong with me and maybe I had an eating disorder and, you know, again, try to even seek help around it without getting the proper help because I wasn't treating the actual underlying problem, which was the sugar addiction. Um, and it's just so sad to me thinking of how many years of my life were wasted, um, because of that and how much of my childhood was probably setting me up for failure. You know, again, not like anyone knew that, um, or would want that to happen, but I feel like now knowing and learning from my own experiences and good faith, I cannot, not speak up and talk about that to other parents and teach my own children better habits because I don't want them going through what I did. And there's probably a lot of people, you know, as adults that don't have any issues with food. So this doesn't even phase them, but they could have a child that does, you know, and then it's hard to understand or see the you know, kind of symptoms of someone that might be addicted to food or have an eating disorder because it's just not in your wheelhouse wheelhouse at all because it's just not something you've ever experienced. Um, so again, just because you don't you didn't have an issue with food, unfortunately, your child might and maybe not. But I still don't think you know. Even if we just put aside the eating disorders and food addiction, I still think that. Even a regular child can benefit from eating less sugar in their diet. You know, there is no nutritional benefit, right, to eating sugar. Like, you can't even say, well, it has some, you know, like with dark chocolate, at least, it's like, oh, it has some antioxidants in it. Red wine, oh, yeah, the antioxidants, whatever. Literally, there is nothing in sugar that's going to help you nutritionally. Like, it tastes good. That's the only thing, you know, for me, it was a painkiller, you know, it helped soothe my nerves, it helped, um, you know, numb any kind of emotional pain I was feeling and sugar is used as a painkiller. Um, so there is no nutritional benefit, though. So if you take like, even for me by taking sugar and flour out of my diet, I am not missing out on any vitamins or minerals or any kind of nutrition that my body needs. Like literally there is nothing in sugar and flour um, that is going to be nourishing to my body. So this is where especially, you know, I just can't understand and why I would love to talk to someone else about, well, why would we keep sugar in schools if it's really doing nothing nutritionally for our children and can be causing the opposite of having some issues down the road? Like, again, why not set them up for success instead of setting them up for failure? Um, you know, there is no kind of, they're not going to, miss out on any kind of vital nutrients. It's just, I think for most people, we, and we all learn this, you know, if this is your mentality around food and sugar is, well, it tastes good. Well, it's fun. 
mean, you have to kind of take a step back and think about, well, where did I learn that from? You know, where did those, my own beliefs about this come from? And you do have to dig back into your childhood and how you were raised and what, you know, your family believed around food. So much of us show our love with food, you know, all of our family gatherings, we have tons of food and um, we might make cookies for someone that's sick or, um, you know, bring baked goods for someone having a bad day. I mean, so much of us and what we're taught is that food equals love. You know, I know that at my core, I believe that, that food equals love because that is what I've witnessed and that is what I've experienced. And I am trying to now, you know, reprogram myself that, you know, healthy food equals self-love, you know, not all food equals love because if it's really unhealthy food, it's not equaling love for ourselves. So for me, it's again, reprogramming that thought of, okay, healthy, nutritious, nourishing food that equals loving myself. Um, and just eating it cause it's fun or, you know, um, you know, someone had told us with the kid, like not letting the kids have birthday cake at every birthday celebration was depriving them of joy. And that really, really kind of took me aback that someone again, was so ingrained in their head that joy equals birthday cake. You know, again, so many of us can't think about a birthday celebration without birthday cake, because that's always what we've experienced. Um, So but if we were having celebrating every single birthday in our life, again, instead of it being a, you know, 80%, 20% balance of treats every once in a while, it's much more 80% treats and 20% eating well. So for me, I want to teach my kids that joy equals joy, you know, that having fun with each other and, you know, laughing, spending time together, um, doing fun activities together as a family, reading books at night, going to the park, playing together. These are to me, that equals joy. You know, it doesn't have to be as far as a birthday celebration, just celebrating with our family and our friends. That to me equals joy. Um, I really, and, and I've changed that way. You know, before I totally would have been like, why bother with a birthday or a family gathering if there isn't going to be dessert? Um, I I couldn't have understood this, you know, over, you know, almost 14 months ago now. That was really hard for me to understand because I was so addicted to food and sugar that that's what my life was all about. You know, like, when am I going to get more of it? And why bother going here if I'm not going to get some of it? And now it feels so amazing to me to be able to be out of that you know, sugar gremlin addicted mode that I am able to instead 
focus at a birthday party on, oh, wow, I really get to spend this time with my family and my friends. And that's so special, just getting to spend time with them and talk to them. You know, it's not to me about the food anymore. It's more about the people um, and the celebration of just being together. And so, yeah, that, that's a, you know, big, big change for me and something that, again, I want to instill into my kids, like, yes, you know, they can have birthday cake at their birthday parties, but I want them to also know just like, you know, like thinking about Christmas, it's not all about just the presents, you know, even birthdays too. It's not about the presents, seeing like the bigger picture to life and it not just being, about food, you know? So again, all of that's really, really important to me. Um, and it's just something I've been thinking about a lot as my kids are getting a little bit older and it's going to be harder for me to control, you know, what they're eating and being offered, especially at school all day. Um, where up until now, you know, I've been able to pack their foods and, um, you know, especially at their daycare they go to, she's really supportive about, you know, making sure they eat really well. And so that's something that I do worry a little bit as the kids are getting older. And of course, I'll still pack their lunch, you know, at school and pack them healthy food. But again, it's, you know, just seeing um, what other kids are eating. And if, it is being offered as a reward, again, just setting kids up and learning that behavior that, oh, food is a reward for doing something good, you know, and that's just something I really, really want to, to try to avoid. So anyway, thanks for listening. You know, this again is something that I'm pretty sensitive about and, and think about it lot, a lot. I think, again, because of my you know, experience and struggles, I feel very protective of other children out there that might be like me. And again, you know, even if they're not just thinking about how their how little their bodies are, and just trying to fill them up with the healthiest, best food possible, you know, versus just feeding them a bunch of junk and overloading their little systems. So it's really, really important to me. Um, if you are someone that feels strongly the other way, I'd love to just have a conversation about it because I am interested in trying to understand what the benefit is to allowing our kids to eat a bunch of sugar besides, you know, just that it tastes good and it might be fun. I especially want to hear from any teachers or doctors out there. Um, and again, especially if you are a teacher and say, wow, feeding the kids sugar, I really see an improvement in behavior in the classroom, you know, or a doctor or pediatrician out there that can tell me, you know, I think that yes, absolutely. Kids need to have more sugar in their diets. Um, I would be very, very interested to talk to anyone teacher or doctor, if they had those beliefs, because I just can't imagine that they're, that they do. You know, I think all of us want our kids to be happy, healthy, and safe. I know that's what I pray for, for them every single night. So, um, again, I think if we can 
eliminate sugars in schools, that would be a huge step towards the healthy. And if we could also eliminate daylight savings time. Okay, thanks, bye. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great day. And remember, life is so much sweeter without sugar.